Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shot in the Dark. I am your host, John Cena Evil. Let's get right down to it. Starting with AEW Dark Elevation, as Tony Schiavone joins Matt Menard this week, as Paul White, they say, is on assignment. And it's the first time we had an episode of Elevation from Universal Studios in Florida. We start with Action Andretti defeated Nick Camarado in a good back-and-forth competitive match after reversing Camarado into a roll-up for the pin. So it looks like Camarado is uh, now no longer with the factory, no longer with, uh, well, he's not with QTV, so I'm not sure what's going on with him. Who knows, maybe put him with the Embassy, now that uh, Swerve Strickland seems to be aligned with them. Sky Blue defeated Helica Risk after hitting the Skyfall. The Gates of Agony defeated Leonis and Maximus, who are these two big guys in the tag team here. Toa Leona gets the pin after they hit a double face play. I know Leonis and Maximus also go by Leonis Khan and Maximus Khan. I guess they don't want to... People think that they're nephews of Tony Khan here, <laughs> losing their last names. They did have a WWE tryout in the past, so I'd like to see more of them. Julia Hart defeated Kelsey Heather. Heather, in her full cheerleader get-up as she is Randy Rara from Women of Wrestling. In commentary, brought up how Julia Hart started here in AEW as a cheerleader. So this got Julia even more vicious here as she won easily with the Heartless submission. Kip Sabian defeated Leon Ruffin after hitting an airplane spin into a flatliner and another good and competitive match just like the opener. Lance Archer defeated Bryce Cannon. Jake the Snake Roberts on the outside gets involved taking Cannon out with a short-arm clothesline. Total destruction here with Archer winning after hitting a clothesline himself. In a main event in the AEW World Tag Team Eliminator match, the Guns defeated the Am- Infantry. Good main event here with the Guns struggling a little bit until they hit 310 to Yuma on Carly Bravo as Austin Gunn gets the pin for the win. After the match, they get interviewed and said they're going to take out FTR the same way with the 310 to Yuma. Spoiler alert, they did not. We go to Tuesday's AEW Dark, also from Universal. AR Fox defeated Peter Avalon. They went back and forth with roll-ups until the end, until Fox held on for the pin. Willie Mack defeated Serpentico after hitting a sit-out powerbomb, but it wasn't easy for Mack as Serpentico kept going after Mack's knee. I'm not sure what Willie Mack's contractual uh, status is or impact or some of the other places that he appears on, like MLW, but I would like to see him possibly in AEW, you know, especially in Ring of Honor. I feel like he would uh, definitely stand out there, give him some time. Layla Gray defeated Amira with a pedigree X-Factor combo. The varsity athletes Tony Nese and Ari Davari defeated Jay Lucas and Teriyaki after Nice launched Lucas into a cutter by Davari for the pen from Nice. Lee Moriarty defeated Invictus Cash after hitting a low blow and a leg lariat. And then the Varsity Athletes were backstage with Tony Schiavone, where Mark Sterling cleared up that Ari Davari is in fact part of the Varsity Athletes along with Nice and Josh Woods, but he is still the leader of the Trustbusters. So two stable Davari here. Evil Uno defeated Cesar Bononi after hitting a spike pile driver, and Tony Storm defeated Kara Hogan. Uh, Storm pretended to be hurt in this match just to come back with a hip attack and Storm Zero for the pen. We go to Impact Wrestling. This, this is a special episode that aired the same day as the Multiverse United show on WrestleMania week. So it was like a pre-taped show with some unseen matches as uh, Tom Hannafin and Matthew Raywalt were live from Los Angeles. So we actually have on Before the Impact, an original match here as Brian Meyer defeated Jack Price with a roster cut. And then we go on to the main show, which had, uh, like I said, some unseen matches as well as video packages and interviews to hype up Multiverse United, which aired out right after this. They showed Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Lance Archer from Resurgence in 2021, where Tanahashi wants to become the IGWP US champion. And then we have the uh, unseen matches here as Mio Yamashita defeated Killer Kelly. This was Mio's impact debut ahead of Multiverse United and filmed after winter tapings, which happened late last month in March. A really good match here that ends with Miyu escaping from the killer clutch to hit a rolling German suplex followed by the skull kick for the pen. And then we have the Impact World Championship as Josh Alexander defeated Kenta. This match was taped in Las Vegas and it was last defense which took place on February 25th. Very good match here with these two with Alexander winning after hitting the C4 spike. And they announced that Josh Alexander will show up next week to relinquish the world title. They had previously promoted the never before seen match between Homicide and Will Ospreay but not sure what happened. I suppose since Ospreay is injured and not on the show they didn't want to show this match. But the only match that I know these two had was from New Japan Strong show back in July of last year. So who knows if we're going to see this uh, mystery match or not. 
If you want a full report of Multiverse United, you can check it out at PulseWrestling.com. I know Karen Peterson did a report for that. Uh, as well as myself and John Pine. We're busy all week long with John Pine doing a whole bunch of GCW shows. And uh, myself doing Bloodsport, uh, the Mark Hitchcock Memorial Show, NXT uh, Stand and Deliver, WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2, and Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. So check out those reports on PulseWrestling.com if you would like. Speaking of Ring of Honor, we go to their weekly show on Honor Club. This one was actually out of Universal Studios, as it was taped before and after Dynamite in St. Louis. We have Aussie Open defeated the varsity athletes Ari Dabari and Tony Nice. As Aussie Opens hits Coriolis and Kyle Fletcher gets the pin on Nice. Mia Yamashita defeated Shazza McKenzie after hitting a roundhouse kick in her Ring of Honor debut before appearing on a bunch of shows the rest of WrestleMania weekend. The Embassy defeated J.D. Griffey, Dak Draper, and Arjun Singh. Easy work here as Brian Cage suplex Singh from the apron to the inside for the pen. This was Draper's first Ring of Honor appearance since 2021. A.R. Fox and Metalik defeated the Infantry as Metalik hit the elbow drop off the ropes to Carly Bravo for the pen. We have a Ring of Honor Women's World Championship match as Athena defended against Emi Sakura. This match was very good with Sakura even blocking the O-Face at one point and coming close to winning. Athena was about to trap Sakura into a sleeper hold choke as Sakura taps out, and Athena kept attacking Sakura after teasing smashing her leg in between the steps in the ring. Maya Saruga, who's ringside, tried to help, but she gets taken out. Yuka Sakazaki then runs out, and they start to brawl ahead of their Supercard of Honor match, which took place right after. Drillistico, Rouge, and the Kingdom defeated Top Flight and the Lucha Brothers, a fantastic eight-man match here. Non-stop action that previewed the reach for the Sky Ladder match. The Fury ends with Rouge hitting Darius Martin with the bullhorns for the pin. Mark Briscoe comes to ring and cuts a promo about his match with Samoa Joe being the biggest match of his career, and he's doing it for his family, and his brother Jay and his family is his destiny to win the title, which in retrospective is kind of sad that he came up short. Samoa so Joe shows up in Toronto and says that he's the greatest Ring of Honor television champion of all time. He's going he's gonna to remind Mark that as Supercard of Honor. Dasha was backstage with J- Jay Lethal, who was winning for Mark Briscoe, and told him that he wants to wish him luck as Supercard of Honor and tells him to bring it home. We have a Ring of Honor pure title match as Wheeler Utah defeated Leon Ruffin. The judges were Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, and BJ Whitmer. Yuta came out with a newly designed pure title. Yuta takes out Ruffin in a little over five minutes, making him tap out to a crossface. Yuta then grabs the mic and says that Ruffin, Clark Connors, and Timothy Thatcher's efforts weren't enough to beat him, and neither would be Shibata's ever- Supercard of Honor. Shibata then makes his way out and heads to the ring and gets in Yuta's face. Yuta talks about how Yuta, how Shibata used to be one of the most lethal strikers, but Shibata just smacks his mic off and gets in his face. El Ijo de Vikingo defeated Blake Christian. This match was wild as, as expected. I'll probably get lost during the whole Mania week, but definitely check it out if you haven't already. Vikingo hit all his usual spectacular moves, and Christian was a good opponent to take them and give his all as well, but the match ended with Vikingo countering into a Hurricanrana driver for the win. We go backstage where Prince Nana tells Blake Christian to take the next day off of Supercard of Honor until he gets beat down by the embassy before A.R. Fox and Metalik make the save. In the main event here, Eddie Kingston defeated Christopher Daniels. Another good match here with Kingston hitting the, uh, the Urican for the pin. As they're about to sign off, Claudio comes out with his newly designed world title and gets in Kingston's face. Kingston calls for a ref to start the match now. Claudio teases, teases taking his shirt off, but then just walks off. R- Kingston grabs the mic and tells Claudio... Uh, that, an, that he's an upside-down diamond and tells everyone that if they don't buy the pay-per-view, they will feel like shit as he needs to fulfill his destiny and become world champion. Uh, Kingston talked about how Claudio met Eddie's family, but when it was time for them to do business, Claudio left to be an entertainer, mm-hmm. talking about him going to WWE. And he went and dressed like a fucking clown over there and tells him to go back to the circus. Claudio walks away as Kingston shouts out men like Christopher Daniels, Brian Danielson, Homicide, Xavier, and Loki as he will be world champion. We go to MLW Underground. The show starts with Real One in the ring, talking trash about Microman after losing to him last week. And then Mance Warner and Matthew Justice come out. As they have a four-way dumpster match next week, Mans comes out with a chainsaw. He chases Real One away, but he gets cornered by Matthew Justice, who has a chair. And then Real One goes to grab a weapon from a trash can, but Microman pops out of it before Real One is able to escape. 
We have a hardcore match here as Ricky Shane Page defeated one called Manders in a pretty violent and bloody match that had doors, chairs, tacks. But the match ends when RSP hit a senton through a table with Mathers, Mathers underneath it. So that's kind of an uh, interesting way to win here. And then the calling went to attack Manders after, but he tried to fight him off until Manders and RSP brawled to the back. Dragon Gates opened the gate twin, uh, opened the twin gate championship here as the natural vibes were Kizzy and Big Boss Shimuzu defeated the FBI's Little Guido and Ray Jazz. Uh, Kizzy has a rapping gimmick. He's not that bad, actually. This is a fast moving match. Very fun. That ends with Shimuzu hitting a choke slam on Jazz, followed by a frog splash from Kizzy for the win. And we have the MLW World Middleweight Championship as Lince Dorado defeated Delirious. Leo Rush comes out before the match and says that he's the best middleweight champion ever. So he says that he's going to be staying ringside to watch this match and enjoy his commentary. Another fun match here with Dorado hitting the shooting star press for the win. And then Leo Rush handed the title back to Dorado after the match, but they had a little tug of war for it. Then Rush attacked Dorado from behind and took the title with him. We head to the back where we see Alex Cannabis and Thomas had just attacked Thomas and Billington of the Billington Bulldogs before his cousin David Boy Smith goes in to help him. And we see that Billington's teeth have been knocked out and he have a bloody mouth laying on the ground. We go to Women of Wrestling Superheroes as Kato Rush mm-hmm. defeated Chainsaw by disqualification after Chainsaw wouldn't let go of her choke. Candy Crush comes out after the help rush. The Tonga Twins and Tika Chamorro, also known as the Island Dynasty, defeated Exile and Ice Cold. After Ice Cold and Genesis couldn't be on the same page, the Tonga Twins hit the Tonga Twist, followed by them splashing Tiki onto Genesis for the pin and the win. The Mother Truckers defeated G.I. Jane and the Disciplinarian after Samantha Smart's interference failed, causing Holly Swag to roll up G.I. Jane for the pin. Vicky Lynn McCoy defeated Princess Aussie with some distraction from Lana Star and hitting the big thunder bomb for the pen. We go to NWA USA. Maddie, Missy Kate, and Rosa Negra defeated the Renegade Twins and Ruthie J when Kate made Ruthie tap out to a choke submission that she calls the Suffocate. I actually like that name a lot. Jamie Stanley cut a promo on behalf of Joe Alonso to say that he'll be taking the junior heavyweight title from Kerry Moore in a 312 pay-per-view. Natalia Markova defeated the debuting La Brava Escobar, who I've never seen or heard of before, but she looked pretty impressive as Markova gets the pen with a disaster kick. May Valentine is backstage with Sal the Pal, who's calling himself Salvation, and he's just speaking a lot of gibberish and riddles that just confused May as well as myself. The Fixers defeated VHS and Porter after hitting a double splash on Porter and the pen from Wrecking Ball. Billy Corgan comes out at the end and finally takes back the old tag team titles that the Fixers stole. We go to NWA Power. This is the season finale before the 312 pay-per-view as Pretty Empowers, Ella Emmy, and Roxy defeated Kylan King and Samantha Starr when Envy rolled up Starr and pinned her while holding her tights. Homicide defeated Salazar de la Muerte easily with the Koji Cutter. Camille and Carrie Morton both get interviewed backstage by Maggie Valentine about their upcoming title defenses at 312. They re-showed... Uh, Thrillbilly Silas Mason versus Cradles from the Nuff Said pay-per-view. And then May Valentine interviews all four members of Pretty Empowered about their matches at 312. And the main event here was a Titanic Tampa Street fight as Aaron Stevens defeated Rolando Freeman. They took this to the back to catering where they used food, drinks, a shopping cart. And then they brought it back to the ring where there was a bowling ball, there was ropes, candlesticks, baking sheets, you name it. But Stevens was able to deliver a right punch with his loaded glove for the win. We go to NXT Level Up as Valentina Faraz defeated Lash Legend. Electra Lopez came towards uh, the start of the match to watch Valentina. She tried to interfere, but Valentina tossed her into the steel steps, gets back in the ring, and rolls up Legend for the win. Danny Palmer cuts a promo talking about how she's a multi-time national champion in Division One Athletics, and she plans to dominate NXT. And she talks about how she uses fear to drive herself. In the main event here, Nathan Fraser defeated Javier Bernal. Fun showing here from Fraser, who hits a corkscrew drive from the top rope for the win. We go to WWE Main Event as Dana Brooke defeated the debut in Electra Lopez, having her first match on Main Event. And it was pretty good until Brooke rolls her up for the pin and the win as Lopez looked to have the match won here. Dexter Loomis defeated Odyssey Jones. Loomis had Johnny Gargano in his corner. Shout out Johnny Gargano as I bumped into him at Super Nintendo World as he's, he was there with the entire wrestling family. But interesting matchup here uh, where uh, Odyssey even mimicked Dexter's crawl walk at one time in the ring, which is kind of entertaining to see. But the ending comes with Loomis tripping Odyssey Jones off the ropes and rolling him up for the pin. That is it for me this week. You guys can catch me here next week for another episode of Shot in the Dark.